0: The professionals of Professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live.
1: Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop
0: culture with a tech edge.
2: And now a man who needs no introduction. Lewis. Thank you, Khan. Welcome to Lewis Howard Live. I'm Lewis Howard. And so excited that you have chosen to click on, tune on, log on, and be a part of the conversation. We're here every week. This is what we do. Our goal with Lewis Howard Live is to make you the best version of yourself to go from zero to hero, right? From, From low to high, right? From poor to rich, right, from failure to success. It's what it's all about. It's why I invest the time, the money, and the resources to produce this so that I can reach at least one person out there that we can make a difference. Our production teams think that way. Uh, I, I partner with podcast formats that think that way. As well, so very excited that you are here, part of the conversation. We have done over three hundred and fifty some episodes, if it's your first time listening to Lewis Howard Live. So we're not new to the game. In fact, we were one of the original podcast radio deals out back in the day. So we started in 2009 doing this this gig, and uh, have had fun doing it ever since. So we talk about things that I think that are practical. Right, You can apply today. You could turn off the show, tune out of the show, and get right up and go and implement something that is set. That's the way I live. It's the way I've built the structure to my life, and it's the way I share and impart information. Make it fresh, make it rev- relevant, and make it usable. All right. So today we're going to talk about the mind. Right? This is something we all have in common. So this is not somebody can tune in and say, well, I don't have a mind. I don't need that. Yes, you do, because you got a mind. Every human being on the planet has a mind, and it is part of winning. It has been said that the mind is the battlefield for life, that most of the battles of life happen in the mind. We're celebrating Black History Month as we do this particular program. And one of the philosophies of Black History Month used to be that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Don't waste your mind. Don't waste your time. But if you don't know what to do with your mind, you may end up wasting it. I know highly talented people, talented, gifted people who have wasted their life because they couldn't get control over their mind you've heard people use the sayings i'm going out of my mind i'm going crazy right what they're saying is they can no longer tolerate the situation or circumstances that they're facing that the battle is overtaking them in their mind what's going on in your mind you hear others use phrases like they're playing mind games with me right one of my favorite sayings jedi mind trick So we talked a lot about the mind in our culture. So it is a part. There are thousands of of programs and podcasts on mind and thinking and mindset, right? I just had my brain mapped, right? I went to my doctor, and they have this new breakthrough technology called brain mapping. So my doctor just did the brain mapping. He put this little jedi thing on my head i feel like star wars and so they're going to be able to read my brain and tell me some things about me that i didn't know about my mind what is it that you don't know about you and what you do and how you think right in battle generals draw up strategies, right? They, they draw up strategies for battles against their enemy. Well, part of their strategy sometimes is to make the enemy think in their mind that that battle is unwinnable, that that the show of force is so great that it would be wiser not to enter that battle, right? If I am 110 pounds and I'm going to get in a ring with a guy that's 240, I probably need to rethink that battle, right? And so sometimes the perception is greater than the reality. So if I can give you the perception of something that's happening, it's greater than the reality. And so some wars are won based on the perception, and the other sides decide to either surrender or enter into peace talks, the battle of the mind, the battle of... Of the mind. So, we're going to talk about what is the mind? What's your mind? What is this whole thing about my mind and my money, and my money and my mind, right? That we sing about, we talk about. What is the mind? What makes up your brain and your thinking? Well, the mind is the set of cognitive f- faculties that include your consciousness, your imagination, your perception, your thinking, your judgment the language you speak, and the memory that you have or don't have, depending on how old you get, right? Sometimes people say, I don't have the memory that I used to. But your mind uh, comprises that, so your ability to retain things. When I was younger, I was my mother's phone book, right? So she would ask me for numbers because I had a great mind and memory. I could remember all the phone numbers. She'd say, what's Susan's number? I could give her the number right? Because I had a great memory, right? So we have certain things that we can do exceptional with your mind, right? And cognitive simply means processing center. Your mind is a processing center for information. That's all it is, right? So information in, information out. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Knowledge in, knowledge out. That's all you go to school for. You go to school to develop your cognitive processing center, right? So I can learn. I take information in. The teacher overloads you with a bunch of information. And and then what they do is they give you a test to see, have you picked up the information? Has your cognitive center retained what you've been taught? do you now know what 2 plus 2 is, right? So it's a test. That's why they give you tests. It's see Is your mind connecting with the cognitive information that you're getting? If you don't, you get to stay after school. You get to do uh, summer school, right? Because now they need extra time to teach you how to develop your cognitive skills. If you parted all night in college and then you didn't get up, In time for the class, you may have to retake the class so you can get the cognitive information. Some people cheat. That's how they develop their cognitive information. They're looking on somebody else's paper to see what their answer is. But true development is you're taking information out. But unlike industrial processor centers like Amazon, for example, that take inf- uh, packages in and then they ship packages out. So nothing really stays in their warehouse or fulfillment center because it's coming to your door. You order it online, they put it in the warehouse, they shipped it to you. Your brain, however, retains that information. So it retains the TV and the DVDs and the tennis shoes and the gucci bags and the louis vuitton purses and shoes and makeup so think of your brain as that it retains that stuff it doesn't ship it out so if you got bad information coming into your mind that you're digesting it doesn't go out it sits there right and then it becomes part of your conscious it then becomes part of your imagination then it becomes part of your thinking right? Are you following me? That's the simplicity of what your mind is really made of. So you got to get control of that center. You want to run your processing center and not have other people running your processing center. Why? Because they're going to be putting and depositing things into your processing center that probably should not belong there, right? So that's the makeup of the mind. And Every decision you make is based on the information or knowledge you have received at some point in your life, either consciously or subconsciously. Now, some things come from DNA and biological thinking. If your daddy was a liar, you might be a liar, right? (laughs) If your grandpa was a brilliant genius, you might be a brilliant genius, if you come from money, you're probably going to have money. If you come from poverty, you probably could have poverty going on. So there's some things we don't have influence over. They're just genetically passed together in our thoughts and process center. How we treat people. We're taught how to treat people. We don't just get that information from society. It's taught right? You learn that through little children. If you want to see that, watch how little children react. They don't have defenses like that. And if they do, it's because they've been taught stranger danger, right? They've been taught that, right? So some things are caught and some things are taught, but it's all warehouse in the mind. All right. Before we go to break, let me give you some stats, right? Because I like to keep it honest and transparent and foundational, so you don't think I'm just, you know, on the show just making up stuff because it sounds good and I got a good voice and I can flow like that. Now, i like to give you some statistics. First of all, there are 8 billion people on the planet, so there are 8 billion minds at any time and place influencing what goes on in the world. Um, The other uh, thought is, truth, as you're listening to this show, Look around you. Look around the room or the place or the vehicle that you're in. If you didn't create what you are seeing right now, everything you see was in the mind of somebody. It was in somebody's mind. That car you're driving, that table you're sitting at, the screen you're looking at, the earphones you have, the earbuds, the earpods that you're listening to this show on, that was in somebody's mind. And then it became reality. They created it, right? So you can see the result of people's minds if you just look around your world. You can see the foods you eat, the things you wear, right? They didn't just pop out of the sky. Someone created it. It was in somebody's mind, all right? You receive over 10,000 thoughts or messages a day. That's scientifically proven. You have 10,000 thoughts and messages a day running through your mind. Uh, statistically, people are only using less than 10% of their brain, right? So we don't even know the capacity of the brain because most people are not even using the maximum capacity of their brain, right? They're using an average of 6 to 10%. And if you smoke a little, maybe you're using less than that. I don't know, right? So your mind has the capacity to develop new pathways or conscious thoughts. It's scientifically proven, right? In other words, we can get a new habit. I can get the new habit of exercising if I repeatedly do it. They say you can develop a habit in 30 days. They say you can own something if you say it six times. That's the power of your mind, right? Examples show that smokers and heavy drinkers have developed a pathway in their brain for those products, and their mind tells them you need to smoke, you need to drink because it's developed a pathway that needs to be fed on a regular basis. It's called habit. So your mind can create habits. It happened to me the other day. I am driving along. I want to take, let's say, exit B. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to take, exit B. However, 90% of the time I take exit A, right? So I am driving along. Well, guess what I did? I took exit A right? And before I knew it, I was off on exit A. That's not where I was intending going. I was intending on going off exit B. But because of the thoughts and habits that was in my mind, I automatically took exit A. That's what we do. Sometimes we have automatic pathways and thoughts that have been built in us, and we'll do something, whether we are thinking about it or not. We will say something whether we're thinking about something else or not, right? That's the pathway, uh, the scientific term for it is neurological pathways that we develop in our brain that creates habits, right? So the opposite is true. Statistically, you can shut down that pathway. If you stop the habit that, that had started the pathway, I can shut it down. It may take a while, right? Quit smoking, it's going to take a while. Quit drinking, it's going to take a while, but I can shut down that pathway which says I don't need to smoke a pack a day, which says I don't need to drink a bottle a day, which says I don't need to eat everything that's in me as Charles Barkley used to say. I'm on a seafood diet. I see food and I eat it, right? So if you shut that down, right, I've lost 27 pounds because I shut down some things that was in my pathway of Habits, all right? So I've laid the foundation for you, and then we're gonna talk about some best ways to uh, re, uh, you know, excite your mind, right? And put some new things in your mind. But what pathways, as, before we go to break, what pathways have you created in your mind, right? What have you created that you have to do, whether you can afford it or not? What do you have to have? whether you can afford it or not, right? Whether it's dangerous or not, right? You've created these pathways. There are people that have dangerous behaviors that they engage in because it's in their mind, right? But there are people that have habits of winning because it's in their mind. They have a habit of making money because they've created a pathway for that. There are people that are absorbed in food, fun, sex, drugs, alcohol, smoking, drinking, craziness, Because that's the pathway that has been constructed in their mind. How do you break that? How do you shut that pathway down, shut that roadway down that is leading you to destruction, right? Think of your pathways as road that's either leading you to life, prosperity, and happiness, or roadways that are leading you to death, destruction, failure, setbacks, and trouble, right? Right? Those are the roadways that have been put in your processing center, in your warehouse of thinking, in your mind. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to break it down one step further to show you how to take control of your mind, how to build it up, how to get it to the next level, how to accomplish some of the things that you only Dream about when you were six or seven years old. We're going to give you some solutions that will help you get there. You're listening to Lewis Howard Live. We're going to take a quick break, give a shout out to our sponsors, and we'll be right back after these words.
1: The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs
2: hey welcome back to lewis howard live broadcasting boy we're in the northwest which is where we record the show in the u.s where we reach uh and then around the world and some of our biggest listeners uh are in canada japan italy the philippines australia um and so we are uk i think they only like me in the uk because my name is howard and that, that sounds british i don't know but Nevertheless, I I love my U.K. listeners. Thank you. And, of course, we're on all of the platforms. We have been on uh, FMPlayer, Podcast.com, Apple Store, iTunes. Uh, We're on Amazon because that's where all the books are from here to there, Inside the Mind of Champions. Uh, We're on Spotify now. Uh, where else are we? Our Stitcher, I forget about our Stitcher people. Shout out to the Stitcher people that have downloaded the show. So we're reachable in many areas. I'm very thankful, and we're going to do some things that expands the show and uh, takes it to even another level. I'd uh, love to do a kids version of lewis Howard live and have more guests. So we're excited just to continue on. So thank you for being the supporter and part of the conversation and we love your story. This is about you. It's not about me. It's about having you motivate and inspire to create great stories. So we want to hear about that. Reach out to us and let us know when you have those success. Today we're talking about uh, the mind. The mental part of winning. Winning or losing begins in the mind. A concept, a thought, a idea begins in the mind. And we talked about in the last segment, if you missed that, you can go back and get it, how your mind is a processing center, how your mind is a retainer of information, knowledge that goes in and it retains that. And then it becomes a part of your thinking, becomes a part of your decision making, right? Whether good or bad, right? Uh, Nobody just goes out and does something crazy. They usually been thinking about it. No one does something good and amazing. Right. Apple didn't just become Apple overnight. Steve Jobs thought about that. He envisioned that. Um, Bill Gates thought about Microsoft, planned it out. Right. Google thought about Google. Right. The guys that created Google, they thought about that. The Facebook platform that is around the world. Zuckerberg spent time thinking about that in college, concepting that idea in his mind. He saw it before it was. That's the power of the mind to think about stuff before it actually happens. So let's talk about ways to improve, take authority, take charge, supercharge your mind and get it up to another level. So number 1 is you've got to challenge your old habits and information. Right. So you need to do a mind audit. You need to take time and audit yourself and audit some of the choices and decisions you've made in past that you're currently making or that you're set up to make in the future. And where did that information come from? Was that good information? Was it good data or was it bad data that got into your mind that caused you to make a decision? Right? For example, you decided to go out and start a business. You had an idea, you drove by, you saw somebody having a restaurant, you thought, I'm going to be in the restaurant business. So you go, and you get a loan, and you set up the restaurant, and you go out, and you go in business, and you end up failing. The restaurant closes, right? It happens every day. Businesses fail within the first couple years. All right, so when you look back on that failure, what happened? What information did I have? Was I flawed in my demographics? Was I flawed in my menu? Where did I go wrong? Because if I want to continue to open another restaurant, I'm going to have to fix the information that caused me to fail. If I failed in marriage, if the marriage failed, it takes two to tango. What was your part in that? right? If you learned bad habits growing up as a child that I did, you have to challenge those and say, Why do I think about money the way I think about money? Where did that come from? So the first thing in your mind is you got to challenge your old habits. Don't assume that the way you think or the way you've always thought about people, places, and things is the right way to think about people, places, and things. It may have been influenced by somebody who didn't have the right information at the time. Right. Sometimes we do things because somebody else said do them. But that thing worked for them in their time. Right. A penny earned is a penny saved. Maybe that worked in 1955. That may not work in 2000. Right. And twenty one. 22, 23, and in the year I'm doing 2020, that may not work. So, you may have to get rid of that old information. Your old way that you were taught to handle relationships may not be the right way, may not be the current way. The way you handle money, the way you handle people, right? So, you got to challenge yourself. You got to do a self audit. Call yourself in the room and say, We're having an audit. I'm going to start sitting down and think about how I think about my life. How do I get to the level of health that I'm in, right? One of the things that have helped me is my doctor, my physician, has helped me challenge some old habits that I had about health and about food and about exercise, right, and about some family generic sicknesses. So I had to challenge that, right? Somebody said, well, my My daddy had it, so I'm going to get it, and my kid's going to have it. Whoa, stop. Maybe we can challenge that issue, and it doesn't have to keep passing along. So number one is challenge old habits and old information, regardless of where they came from. You got to sit down and challenge that. Number two is take in new information, right? You got to study your uh, to show yourself approved. Study, 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 study. So if I have bad habits about money, right, that cause me to spend, to to cause me to say I never met a dollar I didn't like, okay, then I got to get some new habits about money. So part of what we do is we work with affordable families that have fallen, and we want to help them get up. And one of the ways we try to help them get up is teaching them new habits about money how to create financial buckets in their life that they put percentages of their income away. Even if it's $200, you got four buckets that you put into emergency fund, savings fund, maybe an investment fund, buy a house fund, right? Do you have buckets? Do you have bank accounts if you want to be more sophisticated, right? Do you have where you put money into that's allocated to certain things that you want to buy in the future, or do you use your paycheck? Right, Or do you just go out and borrow it? Okay, well, those are certain habits about money, so you need to get new habits. There's Susie Orman. There's tons of people out there that can help you get new information, new knowledge about money. That's the value of having that smart device in your hand. And Google, you can Google stuff that can help change your mind instead of checking on TMZ and see who the latest gossip is or Facebook and see who's got the coolest like today. You can go and use that thing to Google and find out who can teach you something that can change your habit about an old thing. So I need new information. I need to study. If I want to learn how to have a successful marriage and relationship, that is not just going to pop out of my head. I'm going to have to study. If I want to learn how to be rich, it's not going to come through me hoping to win the lottery. I'm going to have to study, and I'm going to have to pe- prepare. So when my opportunity comes, I will be ready. All right? Number three is hang around people that are smarter than you. Stop hanging around idiots, all right? Stop hanging around what I call shoulda, coulda, woulda people. People that only have stories talking about what they shoulda done, what they woulda done, what they coulda done, but they ain't doing nothing, right? I have a Starbucks that I go to in Seattle. This is near one of my offices that I work at. And so I go out there, and at this particular Starbucks is a whole bunch of shoulda, coulda, woulda's. They get there at seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock in the morning, and they're sitting around the table. They've ordered their coffee, and all they do is sit around, and they tell stories about shoulda, coulda, and woulda. I don't want to hang around those people. Those people are not going to help me get good habits, Right? When I was a kid, uh, my grandfather, used to play dominoes. And so they would be sitting around playing dominoes. And you go up, and as a kid, you're watching them play. And all they talk about was shoulda, coulda, woulda. You shoulda played this. And if you woulda done this, and you woulda had that, right? I don't need to hang around those people. Love you, but I need a new people. I need people that are smarter. If I'm trying to get a degree, I need people that's got a degree. If I'm trying to make a million dollars a year, I need to be around people that are making a million, two million dollars a year, right? If I want to be a boss, I need to hang around a boss, right? Now, if I want to be a fool, then hang around a fool, because pretty soon, that's what you'll be, right? Birds of a feather flock together. Like attracts like. Deep calls to deep. Okay. So who are you hanging around with affects your mind, affects your thinking, affects your choices, and affects your decision. If you are hanging around bank robbers, eventually you're gonna rob a bank. Okay? It's like drug use. If you're hanging around drug users, pretty soon you're gonna try something. Right? You're gonna try some because they'll keep pressuring you. They keep pressuring you. Try some. Come try a little. Try a little, right? This is what our teenage kids, teenagers, listen to me out there. Look, peer pressure is a monster, right? But if you try it, it's going to become a chain around your neck because that that try is going to become a choice, which is going to become a habit, which is going to become automatic. It's going to become part of your nature and instinctive, and there's your chain, right? I missed a few letters, got them out of order, but still a change. Choice, habits, automatic, instinct, nature, that you change once you try something. So resist the urge to try that kind of new, right? There's a new you want to try. We'll talk about that. But resist the urge of being around people who are going nowhere fast, right? You're not helping them. Uh, One of my mentors, Casey Treat, always told me this. He says, the first thing you want to do to help somebody is not be one of them. If you want to help the poor, don't be one of them. If you want to help the drug addicts, don't be one of them. You want to help the alcoholic, don't be one of them, right? If you want to help the dysfunctional, I can't be one of them, right? So I've got to be around people that are smarter, that are sharper, that are running businesses, that's got good marriages, that's got good families, that's got a solid life that I can learn from. If I came from dysfunction, I need to be around functional people, They're not perfect, but at least they're functional in the area that I'm dysfunctional in. So get around people. Find people online or wherever you can find them to create an association. Take somebody out to lunch. If you see somebody, sharp woman, sharp guy, reach out to them. Unless you live in Seattle and we don't talk to each other, but if you're around the world, reach out to them and invite them to lunch. Invite them for a sit-down. Buy them a coffee and say, I'd like just to hear your story, right? So hang around people that are smarter than you. Number four is get your mind away from negative thinking. Uh, it surprises me how easy people go negative, right? Negative new. And here's what they'll say. Yeah, it's a great day, but it's probably going to rain. I made a lot of money, but I'm probably going to lose it, Right? She's a great girl, but there's probably something wrong with her, right? Just go negative, right? So they don't find the positiveness in anything, right? I don't need that kind of information. And they have all of the worst trauma and drama. They're a living version of TMZ, page six, walking and talking. They have all the latest gossip and negativity that you need. You don't need to turn on CNN. Just get that person. and They got the most negative stuff. All right. So all that information, right? I don't watch news. And the reason why I don't watch news because most of it's negative, right? So I'm allowing negative information to constantly come in my mind. Well, what do I expect myself to feel when I get done watching the news? Negative. If I'm always hanging around negative people and taking in negative information, eventually that's going to attach itself to me. And that's what I'm going to be. If you're negative and you don't want to be that, it's usually because of what you're if what you're hearing, what you're seeing and what you're around. Got to change that. I am not fake happy. I'm genuinely happy. And the reason is because I control who's in my elevator. I control who's in my environment. And if you're negative, I'm going to promote you onto somebody else's life. You got to go. I cannot deal with that. I'll hear for a little bit and I go, okay, got to go. Got to go. Got to run. Right? So get the negative information out of your mind. 90% of what we fear only happens 10% of the time. Say that again. 90%. What you worry about, what you lose sleep about, what you fret about, what you trip out about, only happens 10% of the time. So you have given a lot of real estate to something that has a probability of 10%, right? You've made decisions around it. I have made decisions around something I thought was coming. I freaked out. I'm anxiety. I'm calling 100 people about it right? I'm gearing up for a battle about it, and it turns out it was nothing at all. Now, I have burned up a lot of brain cells and lost hours of sleep over something that didn't even happen. How many of you listening to me have done that? You got to be honest with yourself, because you will all do it, right? You hear something n- negative, and you immediately freak out about it. And you start worrying about it. The engine light comes on in your car, and what does it start telling you? Car's gonna blow up. It's gonna catch fire, right? And all it's really telling you is time for an oil change. But you freak out. You freak out about it. You get a, a, a email, and it's bad news. The boss wants to see you. He wants to see you on Friday. It's Wednesday. You don't sleep Wednesday. You don't sleep Thursday. You are freaking out. You are worried. They're going to fire me. What did I do wrong? Maybe they know that piece of paper that I took home I wasn't supposed to take home. I don't know. What did I do? Maybe I got a coworker that's a hater. And you are all worked up. You go in the boss's office Friday, freaked out, ready to be fired. And the boss says, hey, we want to thank you for the great job you've been doing. And we want to promote you to a supervisory role or a divisional manager role. And you go, you're shocked, right? Not only because you wouldn't expect the promotion to come, but you expect it to be negative. Where did that come from? From the information that you had prior in your mind. The 90% that you were worried about that didn't even happen. And let me tell you about the 10%. There's no use in worrying about it because it's going to happen anyway and you can't stop it. So why worry about it? It's going to happen. If that 10 percent's coming, it's coming no matter what. So there's no use. You might as well get a good night's sleep because it's coming and you can't do anything about it. So it's better just to go ahead and live life and don't worry about what might happen. What if? Man, so many people live their life on that. What if? What if it rains? What if I don't get hired? What if I don't get the job? What if they say no? Well, they just say no. And you move on to the next opportunity but don't get yourself all worked up and and everybody around you worked up over whatever, all right? All right, so number five is use your brilliant imagination. God gave you a blank canvas in your mind called an imagination. We used it when we were a child. I used to dream of things. I'd imagine things. You get around a child, they imagine that they are... A cowboy, a princess, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker, right? They are imaginary, a transformer. Their mind can imagine so many different things, right? As an adult, we can't imagine what the day will be like. I don't know what the day will be like. I guess I better get on my smartphone so he can tell me what the day is going to be like. I can't imagine. You've got a great imagination. Turn on your dream machine. Don't be afraid to have your dreams go. I was watching the movie uh, The Founder, and it was the movie is based on the true story of McDonald's, the McDonald brothers, right? You know that golden arch thing that we all eat at sometimes, right, that has served billions of people since it's been in business. Well, part of the thing was Ray Kroc was 54 years old. He was a milkshake salesman, from the Midwest, and he had a call out to this place in San Bernardino, California, um, that was the McDonald brothers. And when he got there, he was amazed that people were lined up to buy these 15-cents burgers. Yes, they were 15 cents back in 1955, right? And so Ray Kroc imagined... In his mind, because it was only one at that point, he imagined these McDonald's all across the United States at that time with golden arches between churches and courthouses and libraries to make it a part of the American fabric. That's what he imagined in 1955. Here it is, 50 some years later, right? What do we have? McDonald's all over the world. All over the world. Most of you in the sound of my voice have had McDonald's at one point in your life. You can admit it. It's all right. Love the french fries. Right? But it came out of Ray Kroc's mind to franchise those golden arches and make them part of the American food scene, and it is still today. The McDonald brothers are gone. Ray Kroc, Is gone, but McDonald's lives on. Think about that. Most of the great minds who created things, they're gone, but they live on. They still live on. Apple still lives on. Steve Jobs is gone, but it still lives on. When you have a dream and you create something, it still lives on. Henry Ford, long gone. Ford Motor Company, lives on, right? How about in your mind that you create something so awesome, so amazing, that when you're gone from the planet, it still lives on. That'd be great, wouldn't it? That'd be great. The Boeing family, gone. But the Boeing planes still fly, still lives on. What do you have in your imagination, in your mind, that you could create that could live on long after you are gone? Are you another Ray Kroc? Are you another Walt Disney? Are you another Bill Gates? Are you another Steve Jobs, right? Are you another George Washington Carver who created over 300 uses for the peanut? Are you that person, right? Right? Are you Marie Callender, who was a server working and imagined creating pies and foods that the world would eat? And she was asked to create a pie. She made a pie that we're still eating. Go to the frozen food section. You will see Marie Callender pies. She's long gone, but her dream is still living. This is real stuff, folks. It's not just hype. These ain't just words. It is reality. Just look around. Look around right now as you're doing the show. You will see the reality of people's imagination that's living on long after many of them are no longer living. That's pretty fascinating in and of itself. All right, number six is learn and experience something new. When was the last time you did anything for the first time? If you want to stretch your mind and stretch out your thinking you need what I call an alternate state of consciousness. So if you're just doing the same old routine, you get in a routine, and it becomes habit and second nature. But when you do something new, that's an alternate state of consciousness. Your mind has to go into a new learning mode, right? If you, like I'm doing, I'm learning taking pilots training, learning to fly plane. All right, well, that's different than driving a car, which I drive every day. I have to learn different things about a plane that I don't have to learn about a vehicle, right? Learn something new. Learn a new language, right? Some of you, you're great at English. Maybe learn Spanish, French, German, Italian, Australian. Well, Australian's are really British, but hey, they got their own language too right? Maybe think about taking on another language, something to stretch your mind. Take on a new hobby. Learn something new. Get out of your routine. Stretch your mind. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over until you bend over and you're gone. That's what I know some people live like. Get out of the routine. You were born for more than just raising kids, You were born for more than working for the man. You have more in you. Start taking on new things, right? I have a housing business. I have a real estate business. I had a media business, right? A publishing business, right? And I'm always looking for new things to take on so I can stretch myself even wider and I can learn new things. I just got my brain mapped. That was something I've never done before, right? Maybe you got something you need to try to do. Hey, we got a beautiful mountain here. If you live in the Northwest called Mount Rainier, maybe suit up and get some training over nine months. Go climb a mountain, right? Go do something that you've never done to get you out of your comfort zone. You know why you're bored? Because you're doing the same thing over and over again. You're bored because you're doing the same routine. You're not breaking the routine. You know everything. Been there, done that. When you hear somebody say, been there, done that, all they're saying is, I've done the same thing a thousand times and I know what it's about. All right, let's jump out of that. Let's let's put you over here in a new lane and see how you do. Let's see if you get a t-shirt in that lane, right? Now nah, this might challenge you. Let's go out and climb a mountain. Let's see if, if you can say, been there, done that, about halfway up the mountain when you're throwing up and you're puking and you wish you had never done it. Okay, right. I have friends who want me to go hunting, right? I'm kinda on the fence about that, right? (laughs) Cause I uh, this hunting thing, right? I've heard too many bad accidents about hunting, right? I got friends who want me to go try motorcycle, get my motorcycle license so I can go ride with them in the summertime. Uh, Okay, you know, some of the things that challenge me a little bit. Challenge yourself to learn something new and to grow and expand your thinking. Expand that cognitive warehouse and processing center of yours to something bigger and larger and beyond the norm. Stop being bored. Stop doing the routine. Stop getting up, having your coffee every day, the same coffee at the same place, the same routine for 30 years. Then you become a what? A shoulda, coulda, woulda. Cause all you got is a story about you, what you did, what you used to do, what you could have done, what you would have done, right? Not helpful, not helpful at all to someone who wants to go out and change the world. Lastly, improve your memory. Challenge yourself to think on your feet, right? One of the ways you can improve your memory is reading, uh, studying materials, um, putting down your smartphone device. So I have some friends that we will sit down uh, around, and what we'll do is we will think, we'll say, who was the president in 1973? Just use that, right, of the United States, right? But we don't use our smartphone. We don't use Google. We use our brain, right? And so we challenge ourselves. Uh, when we're coaching real estate professionals, what we do is we have them do role play, right they they have to think on their feet part of the challenge uh, especially with our upcoming generations they don't know how to think on their feet they only know how to think with a device right if you can only think that way you're limited your brain is designed more than just to refer to a device it is unlimited like i said earlier we're only using 10% of the brain you got about 14 million brain cells. So you have unlimited real estate there in your brain to use, but you have to train yourself to think on your feet. Uh, it's sad to say that the devices are making us dumber. They're dumbing us down because we don't have to think. I don't have to think. I have a calculator on my phone. I don't have to think the answer to that because I can Google it. I can Bing it. I can Microsoft Explore it, right? So if you're getting yourself into that, that's not helpful. It's not helpful to growth because here's why. At one point, you're going to be thrown into a situation that you won't be able to Google, text, email, or make a phone call for. Remember the show uh, years ago, um, Lifeline, right? And the person would answer the questions, and then they would get to the point where they didn't have... The answer, and they could call somebody on a lifeline phone call. They could get one phone call, and it would help. I'm probably not saying the exactly right, but you guys remember, right? And so it was their lifeline. Right. So sometimes you get in life where you get to a point you need a lifeline. You do need to Google or call a friend or call somebody to help. But you ought to be able to think on your feet because it helps your brain grow and expand. Some of the most smartest people are teachers. And the reason is because teachers have constantly read and studied to prepare lesson plans. Teachers and professors, their brain is actually long after they're done teaching, like in their 80s and so forth. It's because they learn to constantly stretch themselves. So stretch yourself. Stretch your thinking. Go out and uh, read a book every month. Commit to a book a month. Read a biography. Read about a business you want to do or read about an individual. Study the movie. Get the YouTube. Do something to stretch your mind and put some new information and some new thoughts in it. At the end of the day, the mind is a beautiful thing. It's your God-given weapon for winning, right? So get my book. I got a book called Inside the Mind of Champions. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. And it goes into the minds of the thinking of some of the greatest minds of the 20th and 21st century. Gives you thoughts on that, right? And challenge yourself to spend time thinking about your Process thinking about your mind and studying the minds of other people that you like, respect, honor, or want to be like. Hey, I hope we gave you one thought, one idea, and hopefully we reached at least one of you that could take this home and do something positive with it. You've been listening to Lewis Howard Live. We look forward to bringing you another exciting program on Lewis Howard Life. Reminder: You can get us twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, on about fifteen different platforms—blog, talk, radio. If you Google Lewis Howard Live, I just said to do what I don't do, but that's okay. Lewis Howard Life—it comes up, and you can catch our podcast. On, on many different formats, and you can download it on your smartphone, on your iPad, on your Apple, your Mac, your PC, wherever you are tuned in, and you can get it. You can also share it with a friend. Hey, thanks again for being part of the conversation, and we will chat again on another version of Lewis Howard Live.
1: The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to MillionaireClub.org or call 206 728 jobs.